Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing? Uh, yeah, we're doing, uh, it's where we read things and stuff. Ooh, ooh, I know, it's the Sacrilegious Book Club. That's the one, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we haven't done one of these in a while. I know, so I need to, like, do the whole, this is where we are. Okay, yeah, let us have it. Okay, so we are reading from A Treasury of Jewish Folklore. Stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people. Okay. Edited by Nathan Ozibel. All right. Okay. Yep. So part one was Jewish salt. And 
we are in part two, which is heroes. Okay. And under heroes, we've learned about wise men, and now we are learning about holy men. Holy men. Huh? Holy men. But I'm not done. I got to break it down a little further. Okay. Yeah. Under holy men, we've learned about pious and righteous men, charitable men, and martyrs. Okay. Today we are learning about bum bum bum. The power of prayer on page 157. Non-existent. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh, go get into this. Okie dokie. All right. Okay. So the power of prayer. Power of prayer. Yes. Yeah. But I think that you might end up liking this section. Okay. Okay. All right. So just give it a chance. I'm going to give it a chance. Okay. So I'm going to read a bit more extensively from the introduction than normal because uh, Ozzy Bell um, quotes the Agata and talks about several different things that I think will be important in understanding the various stories that we might hit on today. Okay. Okay. Yep. So he starts the introduction thus. The Agata of the Talmud relates how once the Roman emperor Antoninus, who was a philosopher, asked Rabbanu HaKadesh, give me your opinion. Is it right to pray frequently to God? Okay. What do you think the answer is? No. Very good. And, and I'll tell you why I think that, even though I don't believe in prayer in the first place, mm-hmm. and I think it's worthless, but praying frequently you're asking too much shit from somebody. You know, it's just like it's like if you if you if you ask somebody for something all the time, you know, right. like just stop asking, dude. Stop asking. Right. Yeah. That's close. Okay. Close. Right. You're in the right ballpark. All right. It, you are correct that yes, you Fair, don't yeah. do that too. Don't often. do that. Got don't, it. don't do that. Okay. It is not right, answered Rabinu. Okay. Why not? One must not become too familiar with God. See? This answer failed to satisfy Antoninus. So early the next morning, Rabanu again called on the emperor, and as he entered the room, he cried out, Peace be with you, almighty Caesar. A little while later, he repeated the salutation. Peace be with you, almighty Caesar. <laughs> For a third time that morning, he returned and cried, Peace be with you, almighty Caesar. Mm, yeah. At this, Antoninus became angry because right. he was not seeing the... The equivalence to right. what they had they never literally do. just discussed because right. he's fucking thick. Right. They never. It's just. It's a. I know. They, they have to make them thick. I know. You know that's the way this goes. I know. This okay. isn't like really what happened. Obviously, <laughs> it's just. I hate it when it's like so fucking down your throat, right. annoying, yeah. obvious. Yeah. What is this mummery? He asked Rabinu angrily. Clearly, you wish to make sport of me. Mm. May your ears hear the words of your own mouth, yeah. replied Rabinu. O oh, Caesar, if you, who are only a ruler of flesh and blood, take offense when I bore you with my too many greetings, <laughs> how do you suppose the king of kings would regard it? Right. Certainly it is wrong to impose too much on God with prayer. You know, I have to take a second here, because if God is taking prayers from, like, everybody in the planet mm-hmm. slash universe... right. I don't think, like, one extra or two extra prayers is really going to push him over the edge, you know? Well, and then there's also, um, what are we talking about with prayer? Like, there's different components to prayer, which this section does not hit on. Right. There's, like, he's just addressing being greeted. Sure. Like, God is great. 
God is great. Hey, hey, God is great. But then there's also, as you were mentioning, the asking for things part. Well, and I kind of take affront to this because, like, God wants people to worship him, which means that they have to go through these rituals where they do pray. Right. And they call on him. And I'm like, but he literally tells you to do these things. Right. And wants you to do these things because he is a jealous God. Because mm-hmm. he wants all this attention. Right. All this but glory. now you're telling me, but there's a line somewhere right. in the fucking sand, somewhere, somewhere that you could maybe sort of kind of cross by addressing God too often. Yeah. It kind of sounds like bullshit to me. It does sound like bullshit to me also. Um, there's like a disconnect between what God is demanding versus um, the practicality that the Jewish people have. Right. And... I kind of admire the Jewish people's way more than the God's way. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, this is more, the, I mean, even, I, I blame Christians for doing this more than, than Jewish people, sure. but this is this is cherry picking. Mm-hmm. This is wanting it to be something that you want as a person. Yeah. This is what yeah. you think. Yeah. It's not what the Bible kind of indicates, really. No, yeah, that's not the rules set forth. Right. The rules set forth are pray all the fucking time. Right. Pray loud, proud. Pray quiet, pray in your closet, pray when you're peeing, pray all the time. Always be in prayer. Right. Is what we've been led to believe is what God expects and wishes and desires. Right, right. And now this guy's like, he don't want all that. Yeah. It's like, how do you Maybe the meaning of prayer changed in the time, you know, from Moses to whenever this guy is writing this. You know, like maybe what the definition of prayer is has changed. But even that in and of itself is counter to what the bible is like the bible is supposed to be a law that these people live by Mm -hmm. and so prayer wouldn't change yeah but it did and it does because they don't among aside from a few very um specific and randomly there's a there's like one church in israel that still sacrifices animals or Mm -hmm. at least tries to anyway yeah but most of them don't do that anymore you know so like obviously prayer has changed right clearly the jewish people don't generally sacrifice animals anymore. Right. But it shouldn't really. Mm-hmm. It's still the word of God. Right. So it's odd to me yeah. that you can accept these changes that are counter to your texts. I mean, similarly, it's the question of if you're finding workarounds to not work on the Sabbath, aren't you missing the point? Right, you right. Know? Yeah, no, and that, that's you're, that's you're right in of, line with what I'm getting at. You're is kind that, of doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, you're you're not doing what the Bible expected you to do. Right, right. So. But then that allows for people to be like, well, see, you guys just weren't worshiping the correct way. So now yeah, yeah. we're in, and then that's when religious fanatics come in and they're like, you know, if we don't go back to the base idea, then we're just never going to be correct. Right. And it's like. Okay, but which base on which day? Right. So, yeah. Um, To continue, so we're going back to, uh, that was the end of that little section, and um, now we're in Ossibel's words. Okay. okay, In the introduction. He says, this legend reflects so trenchantly the thoroughly unpietistic, meaning not pious, common sense approach to prayer in rabbinic tradition. Okay. Okay. Um, a few bits later, he says, the sages taught God longs for the prayer of the pious. And by that, they meant that God took no pleasure in punishing men, no matter how justified. Which I'm mm, like, I okay. disagree. That's I, not I, what I've read. That's debatable. Mm-hmm. 
He was eager for them to appeal to his attribute of love in order that by their prayers, they might alter all his retributive decrees. He barely tolerated these people. Right. Stop. Exactly. Sorry, we're yelling at our cat. Yeah, she's being a butthole. Yeah. And we even fed her before, so I'm not sure why she's like right, getting yeah. up in arms here. Okay, so to continue, um, a few sentences down, he says, In Jewish tradition, there are many forms of prayer. In earlier primitive times, it meant sacrifice. Right. Which, you know, you said. Yeah. In Hellenistic, that's Greek days, one could also pray with healthy, productive work, which maintains the fabric of the world. So, like, acts. Yeah. Doing good acts. Right. Um. Let's see. He says, it was also valid to pray with the giving of material aid to the needy and extending a helping hand to a fellow creature in distress. So I find that really interesting because um, several Christians today are like, absolutely not. Acts alone will not get you into heaven. Right, right. And it's funny that, but acts alone used to be considered a form of prayer. Yeah. But is it acts alone or like it doesn't specify that Faith and acts. You're right. right. You're right. And moreover, even if you're, when we're reading the Old Testament, Acts are part of the laws in the Levitical law. And therein, so, and therein lies the difference. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because he basically this all depends on intention, right? Right. That's basically what he's saying is what is your intention when back then they were sacrificing or um, further on, um, what was your intention when you were doing these good acts? Right, right. And... If a man prayed full of heart, he says, it did not matter what words he used or whether he used any at all. And so, I I mean, I I kind of agree with that at some level, mm-hmm. right? Like, to me, Christians give, most Christians that I know, most Christians that I encounter in the world give their faith lip service. Right. And don't actually adhere to the, you know, the faith that they believe in. Right. You know, like they they are they're all for it. But if it means doing not doing this or not doing that, then they're going to continue to do those things. Right. Right. So I I feel like anybody who fully even though I don't believe in religion or gods. Right. Somebody who is fully behind what they believe in and, and from the heart is a much more sincere person than somebody who doesn't believe what they claim to believe right right so exactly um it reminds me of when i was in high school and um i went to a high school where um it was not in the best area it was in san antonio and um i found out years later that um all the pregnant girls got sent there oh so yeah so okay um we they had a like child care on campus and like parenting classes and shit like that right so if that tells you anything. And I'm not knocking anybody who got pregnant during high school. Um, I got pregnant right out of high school, so I fit right in with them. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, if that gives you any indication, it was the norm where I was at. Right. Um, where I'm going with this is I remember so many girls that I went to high school with. Um, they would party and cuss and um, drink alcohol and just do all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. And have all the sex with right. all the boys, right. right? Yeah. And then they would get pregnant and suddenly it was like, oh, I can't have an abortion because that's against God. <laughs> and I'm like, suddenly you're religious? Right. What? Where, 
where did that happen? Yeah. I didn't even know you believed in. I never saw you pray once. I never saw you go to church. I never saw you feel I'll tell guilty for your things. Happened. It happened after they talked to their parents and their church leader. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I suck. Yeah. Like they were made to feel guilty for mm-hmm. what they did. Mm-hmm. And so they all of a sudden you became know, pious. They they realize that they have lived this life of religious you know behavior, mm-hmm. but have broken it recently. And when they've gotten older, and and then they get reminded of it when they screw up, and so yeah. they then fall right back into it. I, it. It's an easy thing to do, I think. You know, like oh, I screwed up. I'm gonna. I better look for. I gotta be religious the fix again here now. in religion, yeah. right? So, yeah. and there's a lot of people that like a lot of people that I have met. They claim that they were atheist for a while. Well, for a while, meaning that they they left religion, mm-hmm. quote unquote. I don't ever really believe that, but like that means to me that they grew up heavily in religion, mm-hmm. then decided they wanted the party during their twenties or whatever, mm-hmm. and then at some point they just you know you you settle down, you decide, hey, I want to you know do this, that, and the other, and so and some there, there's, settle there's, there's hard. Two, there's two things that happen: either they meet somebody that brings them back to God, or they hit such a all-time low in their life that there's just no other choice and somebody confronts them with, hey, there's God, you know? Right. So that brings them back into the fold, so to speak. That is an interesting um, thought process. Yeah. (laughs) Um, To continue. Sorry. No, no. I'm the one that took it off the rails. I mean, you were looking at me like, how does all this Yeah, no, I was wondering where you were going with that. But I I tied it back together, didn't I? You did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he goes on to say, Quite different was the concept of prayer among the Kabbalists. So this is um, people who are a little more, um, uh, what would we call it? Like uh, hardcore, radical. That's the word I'm thinking of. Sure. A little more radical. Yeah. They took the somewhat mystical, erotic view that prayer was a communion as intimate between the worshiper and God as that between the bride and bridegroom. Mm, Okay. Which I found that statement interesting because a lot of um, Christian um, hokery pokery yeah. has to do with comparing the church as the bridegroom and we're the bride or maybe the church is the bride and we're the bridegroom. I don't know. Right. And right. and there's this whole marriage thing happening and it's kind of gross, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought that was a really interesting take. Yeah. So he goes on to talk about rainmakers and we're not talking about like people who make it rain, you know, like with money and stuff. Okay. We're talking about like legit rain. Okay. okay? Yep. So um, rainmaker stories arose among the Jews from the necessities of their physical surroundings. Duh. Okay. Mm -hmm. In olden times, as we know, Palestine had a primitive agricultural economy. There were long spells of dry weather. It was an earnest invocation for rainfall for rainfall because drought meant hunger and death. Right. The well, first, and that we see that throughout the Bible too. Mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. a big absolutely. Theme. Yeah. The first Jewish rainmakers on record thought you'd find this interesting mm-hmm. were the prophet Samuel and Elijah. Oh, okay. Who, by the power of their prayer, brought rain. Got it. Hmm. The general view among the Jews of olden times was that drought was visited upon the land as divine punishment for the nation's collective evil doing. Right. And conversely, national virtue was rewarded by a plentiful rainfall. Got it. Mm. I just can't imagine thinking that you're being rewarded and punished for these things. Right. 
yeah, I am not even, I can't even get into that. Like, it's just so weird. Right. Um, it has to do with like, oh, um, this school got shot up. That's because we don't have, um, it's because we have too many gays in America. Right. What? Yeah. yeah. How did you, that is such an arbitrary correlation. Right. But so. there's literally, like, and that's the part that always hangs me up with people that argue things like that. And there's literally examples of nations that are much more atheist and much more secular mm -hmm. that don't have guns that have had basically no incidents right. like that. You know, like, right. no, it's not about your fucking God. It's about the laws and the ideas that are in that society. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we have the wrong fucking ideas and laws. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. So while rainmaking is no longer practiced among the sophisticated Jews of modern times. Mm -hmm. Again, these are his words, not yeah, mine. Sure. Among the more backward Jews. <laughs> forgive me. Okay. This is. Right. Uh, I'm yeah, quoting. Yeah. I gotcha. Among the more backward Jews of Asia and Africa, it is still in vogue. The magical effect of prayers for rain is still believed in devoutly. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. We'll have to look up like Jewish rainmakers at some yeah, point. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like an interesting little uh, side side venture. rabbit hole. Yeah. 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 But I just want to apologize. I'm not calling anybody backward. backward. Um, I cannot stress enough that those were not my words. <laughs> right. So that's all I'm going to read from the introduction. Okay. Um, I just thought that that had a lot of of um, yeah, importance no. on what we're getting into. And there's not a lot of stories I'm going to read, and they're real short. Okay. okay. Yeah. This one is called, He Whistled for the Glory of God on page 159. Question is, did he whistle while he worked? He did, in did fact. He? Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Right. Rabbi Zisha, the brother of the seer Elimelech, was a devout man. He held himself small in spite of his renown and was always fearful that out of vanity he might preen himself as a man of God. One time he paid a visit to Rabbi Mordecai. As the hour of midnight approached, he got out of bed and in a voice full of anguish cried out, God, oh my soul, I love you so much, yet I lack the inner power to express it. I mean, that's how I am with boys. Like, <laughs> like oh, I just like this boy so much. I mean, not now, but like when I was in school, right? Like, right, right. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean... I'm sure you had those crushes that were just so hard and you just oh, yeah. wish that you could say it and you don't even have the words, right? For sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. He paced to and fro in his room, repeating these strange, passionate words over and over again with the deepest mortification. All this while his host, Rabbi Mordecai, stood with a companion behind the door, marveling greatly at what they heard. <laughs> After a few moments of silence... They heard Rabbi Zisha exclaim, Oh, my creator, I do not know how to commune with you, for my thoughts are confused and my words stumble one upon the other. But, dear Lord, I have one insignificant talent. I can whistle. Oh. So let me whistle in order that I may glorify your name. Hey, there you go. Thereupon, the stillness of the night was broken by a rapturous whistling. It was like the song of a bird trilling in the sun. Wow. It was like the whisper of the leaves when the wind blows through them. Mm. It was like the chant of the cherubim and the seraphim winging in joy to the throne of the Almighty. Mm -hmm. 
When Rabbi Mordecai heard the whistling, he began to tremble. Oh. Come, he cried to his companion. Let us get away from here before the flames of this holiness consume us. What? Right? Okay. <laughs> is, that, is that it? Yeah. So much God in that room. We got to go. But he, is he worried because he's sinful or, or not? No. The, Just too like, much God. Too much God. There's too much God up in this house. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Cut that whistling out, man. There's too much God. I got to tell you. Speaking of whistling, you hate whistling. I hate whistling. I love whistling so much. Um, like we talk about trigger warnings. Like I am never so triggered as when somebody is whistling. It. I, I wish I wasn't like that. Yeah. Okay. It's not like I like pink instead of blue or whatever. You've okay? probably heard me since we've been at this new house, mm-hmm. like whistling in the basement. Mm-hmm. Because. I love whistling. I know. And you there's do. great acoustics down there. Like it's yes. just like echoes off the walls. And I've told you before, like it comes up the <laughs> um, vent and you can't hear me, but I can hear everything you're doing down there. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we like our new house by the by. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next story I'm gonna read is called The Long and the Short of It on page 160. Okay. Once one of Rabbi Eleazar's student was reading the service at a leisurely pace. At this, his fellow students complained how he drags out the prayers. Does he pray any longer than Moses, our teacher, whose devotion on Mount Sinai lasted 40 days and 40 nights? My God, I hope not. Oh, burn though, right? <laughs> like, he's like, get over yourself. Right. Sometime later, that's another like the, student. That's like when you don't finish your food and people mm-hmm. are like, there's starving there's children starving in China. children in, I was going to say Whatever. Africa. Yeah, Africa, right. Yeah. Sometime later, another student was officiating at prayer, and he, on the contrary, raced through the service like a whirlwind. Blah, 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 blah. Like those um, medical commercials. And at the very end, they say, may cause diarrhea. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? I could, this drug I will probably those. kill you. <laughs> those are like my favorite fucking bits of those commercials. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like <laughs> at the awful. beginning, like it's all sunshine and flowers and grass and they talk so slow and melodic right and then at the very end the voice drops really low and they're like this will probably kill you yeah 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 how fast he reads the prayers his fellow students complained (laughs) is his praying briefer than that of moses our teacher when he prayed for the recovery of his sister miriam with the words heal her oh god no probably not i guess so i thought that was kind of cool he's like saying it's the intent don't fucking worry about right, it right right yeah you know no, that's a good yeah, yeah. It's a good story. i like i like I, I think that applies to a lot more than just prayer yes, yes i agree i agree um the next one i'm gonna read is the taylor's prayer again on page 160 and i told you these were like super short right on the evening of the day of atonement rabbi levi yitchak of britain the poor man's <laughs> rabbi Asked an illiterate tailor, since you couldn't read the prayers today, what did you say to God? I said to God, replied the tailor, dear God, you want me to repent of my sins, but my sins have been so small. I confess there have been times when I failed to return to the customers the pieces of leftover cloth. When I could not help it, I even ate food that was not kosher. Oh, dang. But really, is that so terrible? Now take yourself, God. Just examine your own sins. Damn. Right? I knew you'd like this one. (laughs) You have robbed mothers of their babies and have left 
helpless babies, orphans. Mm. So you see that your sins are much more serious than mine. Okay. I'll tell you what, God, let's make a deal. I like this guy. You forgive me and I'll forgive you. Hmm. Oh, you foolish man, cried Rabbi Levi. You let God off too easily. Just think, you were in an excellent position to make him redeem the whole Jewish people. <laughs> wow. Right? That's amazing. I love it. <laughs> that's got to be my favorite story like, that we've read. If there's ever recognition of, like, wow. So you you guys know then, right? Yeah. You, you admit it? God sucks? God's a dick? <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that this story says that the Jews know that God's a dick. That's, yeah, that's my favorite one. I love that. That's awesome. Okay, so the next one is called The Drunkard's Prayer. Okay. On page 161. All right. The rabbi was at the point of death, so the Jewish community proclaimed a day of fasting in the town in order to induce the heavenly judge to commute the sentence of death. Okay. On that very day, when the entire congregation was gathered in the synagogue for penance and prayer, the town drunkard went to the village tavern for schnapps. <laughs> when another Jew saw him do this, he rebuked him, saying, Don't you know this is a fast day and you're not allowed to drink? Why, everybody's at the synagogue praying for the rabbi. Mm, okay. So the drunkard went to the synagogue and prayed, Dear God, please restore the rabbi to good health so that I can have my schnapps. <laughs> The rabbi recovered, and it was considered a miracle. Yeah. He explained it in the following way. May God preserve our village drunkard until it is 120 years. Know that his prayer was heard by God when yours were not. He put his whole heart and soul into that prayer. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see why I like that yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. And I do believe that that brings us to an end Well, those today. are some pretty good ones. I right? like them, yeah. We got some good chuckles out of those. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. <laughs> I told you that you might want to give this one a chance. I think you'll like it. I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about Jewish people in general. Many of them seem to be very able to laugh at their religion. Like, like not laugh at it, but like laugh and with it maybe. Acknowledge that, yeah, I know. It's not, it, it's not everything that it, I don't know. Yeah, and what, I'm not saying across the say. board because there are definitely like, I mean, there's communities, and I, I know, like, when COVID started, communities of um, hardcore Jewish people that are, like, they will not allow certain things because this, that, or the other, and they cause problems and spread diseases. There's things that are wrong because of their religion sometimes, too. But, I mean, many of them are very good-humored about it. Good-humored. So, I think that yeah. sums it up. Yeah. And that was, that, was, that was some examples of some good humor about it. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Are you surprised that the section that you like the most thus far is the one that falls under the power of prayer? Yeah. No, I, I mean, definitely that caught me off guard. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, so that was our book club for today. It sure was. And in a little bit here, I will be getting together our weekly recap. Mm-hmm. Um, or weekly replay, as you call it, I say, I say, I guess. Yes. Um, and then we will be back tomorrow with, uh, Job chapter 11. Yep. That okay. is correct. All right. We will see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Hey wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. 
Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye.